second we got out of the car, there was pandemonium outside. You know, there was um, guys sort of urinating in the street, defacing property, swearing, abusing people, glass bottles flying. Thousands of fans had gathered to drink outside Wembley hours before the 8 p.m. kickoff. The atmosphere souring when ticketless fans breached a security cordon outside the ground. The Metropolitan Police has made 86 arrests and around the country police reported almost 900 football-related incidents. It's not coming home. Oh, God. Oh, shocker. How do we all shocker. feel after the football? Gattles. Devastated. From someone that was actually at Wembley as well. What How was the atmosphere at Wembley? Atmosphere. Scenes. It was scenes. Mm. Mm, Pre-game was really good. Like, I don't think there's been a time where I've seen everyone just so happy together. Mm. Like, really. And, like, yeah, we were talking about, like, I guess the violence and the rowdiness earlier. But in comparison to, like... If, like any other sporting event I've been to this is kind of like really good like everyone was just up for it you can't deny it was positive but, beforehand like, I saw yeah. pictures from like not just like Wembley but Clapham and everyone was out everyone was having a party so and I think that made the national mood or do you disagree and it's I don't know I just felt like people that wouldn't like normally I guess interact with me I don't know if that makes sense but like just everyone was just so friendly in a way mm -hmm. like everyone would speak to anyone just yeah I, I mean, like, I feel like now the no came time to say it. Now that we are, like, I'm pretty anti-football. Yeah. Like, for all the things it stands for, for all, I, I just don't haven't. And, and yeah, I think the one thing that I probably, which is more my fault than anything, is like that kind of like I told you so moment is what I felt like. What, the like, whole aftermath. Like the whole aftermath. Yeah. Like it was just like oh. Yeah, but like and like yeah, there was no obviously like there was obviously like a nice like national sort of like sense of like you know coming together and 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 that kind of stuff. But like there was still a lot of like hooliganism before the game. Yeah, and I think it's the fact that it's like on such a fine line as to like okay, if we do happen to win, then it's fine that we can all be happy together. But then you see like as soon as we lose, the palpable fear of people that are like in pubs thinking, oh god. I'm gonna get this blamed on, I'm gonna get hate crimed, I'm gonna get like abuse on the way home. It's just, it baffles me because it's like, it could have so easily gone the other way. So maybe to start with, because of your point about hooliganism, and you were right, mm. like we had discussion beforehand, and it's difficult for me because I love football. And I think because I can, because I play the game uh, and love watching, I can disassociate me and my enjoyment for the sport with obviously the nonsense that goes on. And we've been to football matches where hooliganism is rife True. especially at club level and even more so at national level so i guess the first thing to probably like say is do you think hooliganism is endemic within football like yeah. can you have football without hooligans no yeah i no. agree i don't think you can i mean then well obviously because you can because you have football at school so obviously you can i think the commercialized like football as we know it the watching football the professional football no yeah i also i don't know with me i also think it's like a lot to do with like drinking as well mm. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. because 
But then you say that, like, have you seen the swathes of people that come out of, like, the Oval? Absolutely smashed. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, there is this, like, weird, like, they're kind of all, like, a bit, they are obviously all over everywhere, but, like, they still come out, like, almost like in a line and they get themselves down to the tube and, like, that, that kind of thing. Like, that doesn't occur in other, like, and yes, so I know that there are problems in basketball and people have said, but, like, no, nothing to this scale. You're right about cricket. Like, obviously, people do get drunk, but I think the thing that's kind of unique with football it's binge drinking with football like yeah. the whole ritual of going to a cricket game is yeah you might go to, like, to the no, pub but for a binge drinking people get also... smashed at cricket people yeah. do get yeah. smashed at the tennis and everything as well it's just that like there is I don't know I don't what's I don't... the common denominator I guess that's like so you look at other sports where there is you know there is a spectator culture people love following it people mm. are very passionate to follow their team or their nation yet for whatever reason football and their followers are so involved and so vested in it that for whatever reason they decide to become violent and aggressive. Mm. But this is like historical. I mean, yeah. we read an article the other day that said football hooliganism originated in the 14th century mm. with people coming to like games yeah. with like machetes mm. and like poles and like you people know, jousting, little, like parish towns. Like, the, the goals then were like um, the doors of churches. But they used, what's that game where like they like used, like feels like an, an entire village and like it's like I don't know it's like a football game but like over an entire village and like during that like week of playing this game like you're allowed to like smash windows of like That's houses mad. And, like, I, 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 Wait, a, I think it's like, I think they still oh. like one village does yeah. it now still I it's an old yeah. version of the game Wait, what, what it's like it? where you, I don't really understand what the game is kind of but it's, it's got like football remnants to it and I know someone like I met someone at uni or someone like was like oh yeah I think it might be Emma Swin Emma um yeah I think um and like I think no gubby names please. it's like and like yeah it's just like yeah like people have like you know like people do like break their arms and things like that and like I'm pretty sure someone died one year and you're like what wait where is this in the UK yeah in the north of England somewhere, I think, somewhere. like Yorkshire era surely area. it's just like illegal though like no to break people's it's, that sounds like the purge like one yeah. day you can just yeah. do yeah. whatever like, you want and get away with it it's like a weekend <laughs> Oh it's like people and people pay like 24 hours a day there's no it doesn't stop what's it for does it is it like for charity or no just it's just like fun. it's kind of like you know like the the cheese wheeling uh like rolling but what's the objective of it it's like you, it getting your like the football into the a goal but it's not i think either like the goal moves or something and it's like this idea it's like it's played player. over the entire village yeah it's a, it is a well, like, like, i guess the difference between but then rugby's a contact sport and you don't have that you, like there is there is still rugby culture and lag culture but it's very it's not as violent but you can't, no, I, it depends what you call violent so I think one interesting point that uh, was brought up this week with all the violence going on and football's role in it is that so football in terms of the violence on the pitch it's very poorly managed and it's very poorly mm. officiated so in other sports like rugby you have like the most basic, let's say, not non-physical, let's say verbal abuse, it's so common to the point that it's kind of expected that a ref in the game will get abused by a player. Whether it's like, you know, like, whether it's dissent, whether it's not agreeing with the decision, or whether it's just like literally swearing at the ref for no apparent reason. And that just doesn't go punished. Whereas in rugby and stuff, you have ref mics, you have accountability. So mm. like, you you know, Nigel Owens is like a famous rugby coach. There are so many videos of him like talking to the players like, don't be schoolboys. Like we're not on the playground anymore. Yeah. Talk to me properly, and I'll keep respect. But like, that that respect isn't there in football no. to, towards officials. And I guess if as a supporter, it's so. I mean, that's probably one thing in tennis and rugby don't get is that it's so common in football for there to be cries at the ref like you're a cheat, you're a scumbag. You don't hear in the tennis like when an umpire makes a weird call but, yeah, that people yeah. are screaming at the umpire. That's 
maybe football players' responsibility to have That's more true. respect on the pitch. I but feel like the ref. Sorry, I feel like the ref should have mics though in football. Mm. I like, don't know why they don't. We're 100%. so behind. We have all the 100%. money and technology, and yet that's such an easy fix to have. Yeah, I was just thinking of like the whole atmosphere of different sports games, mm-hmm. and you know, from an early age when you're playing football in like little league, you've got parents and coaches like screaming at the kids being like get over there but when you see like like the atmosphere going to a tennis match you don't have people like jeering and you know shouting in the same way no No. you have a few ooh ah, why is that though ooh that's what I'm I'm wondering like is it the not necessarily like well I mean I guess that encompasses the sport itself like the culture and like the people that everyone that's involved not just the football players it's like you know i think parents, also spectators, everything. i was reading online this like big part of like obviously football culture is the second place medals and the idea that like you take the obviously yeah like football footballers take them off as soon yeah. as you like yeah i wouldn't like i wouldn't it's like yeah. like how why? is that something that's allowed to be like, like what you wouldn't take it off so, no, I, I would take it off yeah, no, yeah um, wait, why? because for me that? as a competitive and then this, is, this isn't just this i think this applies symbolically to other parts of my life where if i'm really striving towards a goal like I'm there and putting energy into do it, and so if I don't get it, I'll be disappointed. But it's disrespectful to yeah. the people that have won because as much as the same Why? with any sport, it's not that. I think it's on everyone like ever. You've got to second place in like a huge competition. But, like, but no one remembers the second place ever. Like really. But so, but you you've like, reached second place. Like it's. But that like, you know, when you start the tournament, you're not thinking like I'm going to achieve second place. You're in the tournament to win okay, so like then, anything less surely isn't like no, I how many silver yeah. medalists do we like silver. talk about and like yeah. yeah bronze even like and the way they stand on their podiums and they like annoying. take the pictures they smile with the winners the same with tennis you know the winner has that whole huge cup and they walk around with a tiny little silver plate but you still I, you have to do it it's part of the code of conduct surely. no no you're right you're right and that is something that clearly in other sports they have instilled uh, a mentality where coming second although you shouldn't like celebrate it something you should at least respect the narrative pundit is that like like yeah said like there is coming second in a sport where you have like 10 maybe 15 years of winning something to come that close and to not get it is just like well i can't i'm not going to show a silver silver medal to my grandkids because that's not a sign of achievement but actually it should be a sign of achievement to get get that far i get all of like and to be fair like um i was reading things like obviously there's the differences with olympics is you're competing all like eight people are competing at the same time rather this is one team against another yeah but then do take it off burn it do whatever do it not on camera Mm. not in front of like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people millions of people yeah but then like as a fan would you want to see like your own like okay just say just say you support like i don't know just say man united for example like they lost the europa league final like Mm. would you be happy with your players wearing the medal when it's a game you should win like would you be satisfied with your players being happy with second place or would you want them to from a competitive standpoint i I would feel like if i was a fan who'd come all the way to watch my team who i like really support and they've just all like whacked off their medals i'd just be a bit like why have i watched you for the last well don't have medals like the simple thing is just have a first place and then don't don't have don't have any money like if that is i kind of do get that mentality and again like a lot of sports psychologists were talking about like no you need like when you're at such a high level like obviously footballs are you need that like it's winning or nothing but they just don't have the medals like it doesn't if, but I think it's a reward, isn't it? Like when you achieve well, then, something. But they're not like it, they're, they're viewed as like they are like they're they're Trash. always straight away given away. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, a lot of people give them to um, charities, charities and, like, and like children. Give it to stuff. children, yeah. yeah. But then like 
I don't know. It just. But I think it's really interesting because I like online and stuff. Um, there was a meme about like I think it was the Spain team or or maybe it was a team basically like collecting medals and uh, one of the players like kept their silver medal on. They were like, oh, I'd spot the Arsenal player because they're, <laughs> like, it's the mentality of a team that are satisfied with mediocrity oh, and actually every other player in that line who received their runners-up medal took it off their neck straight away and again this is I, I agree with you it's a perspective I hadn't considered that it is disrespectful to the sport yeah. because you're at the start of a competition you're competing to get to, to win but if you come second there's no shame in that yeah you, you you can do this to build and to go again it doesn't add it doesn't help with the I don't know the like proper name for it, but like that sort of like that male ego, like sort of like it's not like it's all or nothing kind of yeah. mentality. It just doesn't. I I get that, but are the fans desperate? Like, does it make fans feel better seeing them rip the f- uh, medals off? Like, does I've, it does yeah, it genuinely? Yeah, I, I feel like I might. Okay, m- maybe it does, but I feel like. It might not necessarily make them feel better, but if they keep them on, it'll make them feel worse, maybe. Or just, so, get, or just get, them, get rid of them. Like, why have them? But I feel yeah. like, I, I don't know, I feel like in sports, they will just always have it. Just as like a consulate, like, yeah. Uh, in the same way, I think if you do well at work you, um, and you're employee of the month, you might get a picture of you or some recognition. I think it's good to have recognition of achievement. Like, you have that all the way through school. They're in, a, and, they're in a final, in a, in an international, biggest international competition, or second biggest international yeah, competition but, ever. But in, that's not, surely that's but in, enough. But in, but in 50 years' time, you have the like the physical thing of like, oh, this is what I've achieved. But if it's not enough to wear it for longer than 30 seconds, why like, why is it enough to have, like, at all? Like, just don't no, have Because it. if you win it and get that winner's medal, that is, like, such a source of pride that you can hang up in your house and, like, wow. Obviously, this is... keep the winner's yeah, medal. Yeah, but I'm saying get every... Why do you need a second-place medal in football? If it... Be- because I think there's uniformity in other sports, like you're saying, like, you get to runners-up equivalent in, any, in anything. that's not mentality... Well, no, it is another like, rugby and, and, like, obviously other team sports, it is the same mentality. Why well, have it in team sport? I, I it get same... it in individual, like, when, you're, when there's eight people competing against each other. Having first, second and third is huge. But if there's one against the other ones you've got to that knockout who cares if no one cares about second place then I get think rid it's of because it. it's like you still outperform like 20 odd teams that, yeah so I feel like you, you, still, you, you still outperform more people in a so team you, that you, have. you have achieved something but you haven't achieved like your final goal so I think maybe I don't know maybe it's that's what it's happened in other sports like does in rugby and must do. like the team high take level off. competitive sport maybe the physical display of removing the medal is something that's not there and apparently that's what... no apparently it also like from my limited reading of Twitter uh, apparently <laughs> other sports do do it but it, I don't know. I just don't think it teaches like children watch, yeah. watch this. It doesn't. It's it doesn't teach. It doesn't show a good message. I get At not all. being happy what, with it. What's, what's the negatives of taking a medal off though? It's, it, I think it's such disrespect though because in other parts of your life, let's say you're doing a talent show when you're eight mm. years old and you get put in second, you're not gonna exactly like throw away Kick a certificate off. or like run off the stage. Like, I think no, it sets such a bad but you message will, you will think for like, sportsmanship. You will and think like I came second, but hopefully next time i'll come first yeah but there's a way of like presenting that you know why do you need to rip off a medal as a symbol of like this isn't good enough kind of thing i think we as adults can appreciate like high level um you know sports players like should keep themselves that standard that's but there are a lot of young impressionable people that look at like footballers and that'll be their idols and obviously they're never going to make that high level sports yeah yeah but if they go into their you know year five football competition and they've seen their heroes like doing that is that a message we want to be yeah showing people i get obviously football's not for children and it's obviously certainly high level football but 
we do encourage we do encourage children yeah, to watch football and a lot of young like boys and girls to be fair will look at these big footballers as like their icons i mean you only have to see marcus rashford's instagram to see all like the little fan messages and his impact yeah. on young yeah, people, on young people. i mean he's written a book now like these footballers are huge role models if anyone has role models let's not get onto that <laughs> see the last podcast <laughs> yeah um, um the, and so that's interesting i think it definitely can be a negative because you need to teach people in life that it's okay to come second and so yeah. but that's not final you can always get better and eventually be that first place but i've already i've always seen that message of taking off the the runners up medal is second isn't good enough you need to keep working hard it's a reminder that look you came close there's no guarantee that you win the way you yeah. even if like some teams like let's say england they played so well in this tournament and to get to that stage means that this is such a hard to get first is really hard and i think teaching kids that to really achieve in something you have to put lots of hard work in and there's no guarantee of success is a good thing i just don't think it teaches that though i just think it yeah. teaches people how to be a bad sore losers and not gra- not not graciously accept defeat yeah which i understand when you know it was difficult when you know obviously how grim the italians played in that final mm. it was hard to t- be gracious in defeat but still like you sh- they should be like yeah. save that for the locker room. Save that like save that aggressive. Like why are we like accepting that that sort of aggressive like t- way to lose is 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 just part of sport kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know I what agree. it teaches. It's like the equivalent, and obviously I don't understand because I've never been in a high level sport. But it's the equivalent of like you graduating, you shaking someone's hand, you like just air in the hand. <laughs> like I just think because you so got a two two, like that's, that is funny. In other sports, people stand there and they accept the winner's speech, and you know like. To, to rip off your medal as soon as it's put on your neck, I just think is far from any good message. In in theatre, like obviously, like m- my only comparison is in theatre. Like, if you didn't, and it does happen, obviously, but if you didn't get a lead and then was just like, well, I'm just not going to try as the as the other character. Like, there, like in theater, you know, there are no small parts or any like small actors. But there are. Uh, yeah, but like. I don't know, you just, you accept that someone was better than you on that day. Yeah. And, you know, we're not telling people to be like, you know, like, woo, like, shake them out. Just get rid of them. Just, if we're not, if, if they can't accept things nicely, they shouldn't get them. Yeah. I think is the... But do you think, like, the players taking, like, taking the medals off isn't, like, out of anger? I, I don't think it's, because I feel like you guys think, like, it's aggressive. I don't think it's necessarily, like, aggressive. It's a disappointment. I think it's just yeah. I think it's just like a dis- it's more for like a disappointment thing. Like this isn't just good enough. Like, these players not play like... on the edge. Like they are every day for at least. I mean, some of these players have played like high high level football since about fifteen. This is they yeah, they are taught like... that. It just seems petulant. I think it just it looks petulant. If a child did that, we would tell them all. Yeah, you'd be like you're being a little. No, no, and, you're, and that is true. I think if I had a kid and. They'd come second or third in a race, and they were like, "Yeah, you came second and, like, third, and threw the medal on the floor." I'd be like, "No, look, this is this is something that you remember. It's it's not bad to come third, but you need to yeah. keep working hard until yeah, you, you dwell get on to the where feeling, you want to be. The disappointment, <laughs> dwell on it, and then use that to improve." So, like, basically, when I was, I think I must have been like, it must have been under under 13s, under 12s, and we came like third in our division for cricket and they gave um obviously the winners get like a gold medal everyone else gets like a standard like thanks for participating and come on like you're not going to keep that like who who wants a thanks for participating medal wait till the cameras are off like wait wait five minutes until you got out of the stadium no but it's a thing of like me as a kid 
I'm I already have that mentality. It's not me looking at Marcus Rashford and being like, oh, he's taken it off, so that's influenced me. Yeah. I think it's like a natural thing of me being like, it's not good enough. Yeah. Just like as human nature. Yeah, I like, didn't notice that phenomenon until a bit older. But when I was younger, I hated uh, because, coming yeah. second. I wanted to always like yeah. do better. And, and yeah, obviously, if I had a medal, I, I don't think I would have chucked on the floor or like oh, thrown a you know hissy fit about it. But I definitely was very disappointed and thought I need to. Do better next and, time. No, and it's 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 so okay to feel disappointed. It's it's but it, surely it's how you you react. You to express, that. You, yeah, you, you express express, it, yeah. express that. Like, yeah, like obviously it's okay to say actually I'm not, I'm not happy with second place. They can say that in every press conference. But I I just think that I, I guess it depends. It can be symbolic in either way. Like you're saying, like no, it's like I'm not accepting this. I'm going to be better. Mm. But in that moment, just straight after. Like, I, I think there just needs to be an acceptance. Yeah. Like, it wasn't you. It wasn't your day today. It but, draws more attention that. to it in, than in the, anything. In the fallout know. to all of this happening, or to losing a final, losing anything, you know that, like, oh, this isn't our day. This is not the time for us to celebrate. We haven't reached that holy grail that we planned to. And, yeah, it is probably born out of a bit of petulance and frustration. They're like, I haven't done it. But I don't think it is inherently a bad thing to, mm. especially for, for professional athletes to think, and it, it, and from the supporters' point of view, like you were saying, I want my team to think, you know, Chelsea lost the final this year, and I think I remember watching the ceremony and all the players were like, this isn't good enough because we had much bigger games to come, and you need players to think, right, we can't dwell on this too much. This is gone. We go to the next thing, and we go for the glory in it when that next final comes around. I'm I'm sure that sports psychologists have like you know encouraged it, and there will be a lot of things that will be encouraged. But I just think. It's so difficult when it's televised to uh, so many people that aren't ever going to be in that same pressurized environment to like act. It is. I, I kind of get it in. Maybe I kind of get it in professional settings where this is your career, like that act of like nope, like straight away being back on the ball. But not everyone can do that, and mm. certainly not normal. And because yeah. athletes, professional athletes, aren't normal human beings. Their mentality is not like normal. It's, of course, it's, due to the nature and, of their job. And so, like, I think. For me, it's just like that, like, okay, like, that's fine. But when you're televising it to so yeah. many vulnerable... But, but do you think, like, okay, cool, so the same England players who took the medal off, if you then see them shaking the Italian players' hands, does that not kind of counter what you're saying about, like, being disrespectful to them? Because you're acknowledging that, they, okay, maybe they were the better team on the day, but you still feel like you need to do better. So surely that's what taking off the medal is, not instead of, like, oh, how can you guys win or you guys shouldn't have won. Mm. Did they actually shake their hand? Yeah, you have. You have to. Like, oh, professionally, yeah, like, you it would be really oh, okay. unprofessional to not like. Fair enough. Though. Like, so, wait, in cricket, I've seen like oh, as soon as the game's finished, like teams will like exchange handshakes. Yeah. And then then it will be the ceremony for the medals. And like yeah. the players, I've seen some players take it up straight away, and not even put it on. And like I don't think mm. like oh because they've shook hands like they respected like the winning team. Yeah, so, I guess that is like the sportsmanship in it even if it is like a required thing. And I feel like at that level, like these guys are so, like, the majority of players are so professional. Yeah. I don't think like they'll ever be like, oh, we should have won or like, how can they win? Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's, in that way. yeah. But I, do, I, I think that we understand that and I, I, obviously professional sports players understand it. But I just don't know if like, like we're talking like like there were like young babies yeah. like as in kids under 10 watch obviously football and these are all quite complex things to get your head around um and i think once you get to like you know 15 16 or maybe you know 14 like you start going like no i have to be you know professional when i'm playing mm. sport but younger than that and i think adding 
so much to that loutish, like, it's okay to throw stuff everywhere and, and, and not be happy with things when things don't go my way, which is seen in football. I just, it would be such a simple thing. And surely it would skid that same message of like, well, you haven't been good enough, so you don't get a medal. Yeah. Like, uh, or it comes, you know, like two months later in the post kind of thing. Like, you'd, where you'd still get all of that, the like, feeling the of feeling like... of it, of like not being good enough to yeah. lift the trophy. Do you think, though, like, I was just wondering whether that whole thing, I know you're talking about, like, the whole male ego thing, mm. whether that feeds into it. Because, obviously, like, the majority yes. of people... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I always think, if it was the women's football team, uh, like, the England football team, um, doing the same thing, I can just imagine the Daily Mail headlines being, like, oh, look at these ungrateful women making it to the final and ripping their, like, medals off. I feel like the narrative would be so different. I don't know. If, yeah, I have no. I can't. I don't know if women do do that, but like, yeah, they must. I, mean, I the, think the, they must do. Women's yeah. football is completely just like a different. But game. in terms of finals, I think if when if you watch like the World Cup final, I'm sure the other team would have taken medals off. Like, yeah. Because, yeah. Because I think it's 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 yeah it's at that level as well. When you get to the final, you, have, you turn up to win, and so like that disappointment should either should it should spur you on for the next time you can't dwell on your like we've already mentioned like we can't you can't dwell on your mistakes but to go to your point about the male ego obviously a lot of the discussion around hooliganism is that it's one of the reasons it's so bad in football is that it highlights kind of the worst aspects of male or masculinity i should say what do you guys think about how football fans express their masculinity it's just gross it's just we're not we we teach i don't know we we, we teach children we learn from a young age it's not okay to express emotions by screaming and getting up in someone's face and like getting angry about something Mm. but then in football it's fine because it's like hidden as passion yeah it's like you know like we can all be excited for things but it's just it's so it just even when football fans seem happy, they still seem, look angry. Yeah, and I think it celebrates that kind of feeling of anger, aggression, violence in a way that no other area of your life would. No, yeah. but I, I don't know. I feel like with the violence thing, I do still think like, okay, I haven't got stats, but I still feel like it's a small majority of people that cause violence. In terms of like, like, okay, even me, if I was at the stadium, I'll be screaming, I'll be going crazy, but I'm not gonna go and punch the guy next to me. Yeah, I like, think that's you. I, like, yeah, and I, and I, and I think I, mean? I think that's like a lot of people as well, because I feel like the stuff you see is like very isolated as well. When um, I think me and you were watching the game, it was Man United Liverpool, and the Man United um, fans must have broken into the stadium, mm. right? Mm. And there were peaceful protests, but there were like one or two people who threw like um. Flares, if we're a flare at like one of the pundits, and like that just ruins it for everyone. Mm. So, same way, there's like 80,000 fans. After 80,000 fans, even if like 50 of them punch someone or like cause some sort of violence, it's going to be like, oh, all these fans are like, um, or football fans are violent. Um, no, I get, I get that. that, that, that it's, obviously, in terms, of, like, in terms of the percentage of people who are going to games, the ones who are enacting the violence that we see on telly, obviously, the, the minority of the people who are there. Yeah, I think it's just whether this is something that happens so frequently in football. I agree. I don't, I don't mm. think in the same way with any group of people. Like we had discussions about a Black Lives Matter protest last year, and a lot of the protests were being labelled like violent protests, but thugs, or I whatever. I think that was a political thing. I don't think naming no, but, football. But it's, like... it's the oh, it's the mass generalisation on lots of people who are there just to protest peacefully on racial equality. Yeah. The few people who do ruin and go too far, therefore tarnish the entire group. But the problem, I think, ideally with, or uh, specifically to football, 
is that this problem is occurring again and again and again so therefore football and the people who go to football have to have some kind of link to what is happening yeah i just i just it's just like that classic like not not all men are like this not all football fans like only some like but we've you know there was so much like everyone's seen the footage of stuff from like from Wembley if you were there and you saw it and like I don't know obviously it's it's hard because it's like well if you're gonna you can't really stop it because then you're gonna go and get in and get like punched but like yeah it was it's it, I, it also I don't think violence has to necessarily just be someone smacking someone in the face I think it can be violent language I think it can be violence against po- like you know like a damage to property, property yeah um, violence in the streets the yeah litter, like that is just like you know everyone's read on the stories like like there were uh, yeah, children being booed because they were wearing like Italian kits and like they were like you know like six year olds like that mm. kind of thing like you don't have to get like physical they don't have to have like physical touch without like for there to be violence uh, you know I've seen like the most gentle people ever and they start you know screaming and swearing and like getting up out of their seat imagine if you did that like watching coronation street like yeah. or, or something like else you know love I mean? like, but, like in love island like it's but just I, f- like... I feel like that's what drives the game though like if you if you watch any of the games during lockdown they were all so not boring but it's just like there's no Flat there's no passion the even the players you can see in the players they don't really want to play like and when as soon as fans came back, you can see so many players performing way better. But then it's inherent in football. Then surely, if you can't have an interesting game without that, then no, like, yeah, I guess I feel like it's the passion of the fans and like the violence is like. But how does the passion of the fans in the game, you know, cheering on and supporting your team, turn into violence and hostility against the opposition? That's why I don't get like surely people. The opposition. There were England fans beating up other England other. fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. But I mean, like, I'm envisioning, you know, like when clubs go play like away games but I mean, isn't there's, that there's loads right. of you know videos mm. of like isn't that like, more about English the people though teams. than the sport because i feel like you can't fault the sport because of how people are choosing to act but if you're saying the sport isn't they don't want to play the sport's not as interesting no, if but... there's not those fans there and if and i just think like the line between passion and violence is so blurred and like it's uh, passion's used as this like like defense yeah but you don't, I, you, you I can don't... have passion for Mamma Mia. That doesn't mean I'm going to go like go to a cinema and you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I think the question Mamma is, what is it about football specifically? Because it's the way that passion so is expressed. Even for you two, like, what what drove you initially to liking football? Uh, if you can remember that far so, back. I love watching Chelsea play. I was very lucky to be around time where like we were playing something unbelievable football, and I was really attracted to it. Um, mm. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, also because I liked going to games. I didn't really go to Chelsea games when I was younger. But my school used to have like Crystal Palace tickets for like a fiver. And I loved that atmosphere of like being in a crowd. Being young, I was probably quite oblivious to obviously the hooliganism. I just saw lots of people cheering on a team and, oh, you know, if a goal scored or, you know, the frustration if oh, things aren't going our way. And this is the problem. I think football and fans have been kind of molded in such a way that this behavior just keeps going. There's not going to ever be mm-hmm. a break in. Football fan behaviour, I can't see changing because it's kind of a rite of passage. So you go uh, with your dad. It's medieval. It's 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 like, I don't know, there's no other sort of like ent- form of entertainment where it's okay to like scream at the person like entertaining you. Like it's so, mm. it's so weird. Like there's like cage death matches that they used to do in like gladiators. Or like times. the theatre back it, in the day where you could like chuck. Yeah, like it and... feels, it, it kind of feels like the, like that. And it's like, it feels, I don't know. Um, what is it where like um, you haven't quite evolved yet? 
um, primordial. Yeah, I don't know, like, it's just like that, like, I don't know, we've learned to now be able to enjoy things without having to, like, make noises or grunt. You, I guess you, you that's the point that. of that, you that's the that. fun of it, kind of thing. So you're right, this I'm, is something I'm that assuming, has, you know, incredibly like, historic roots of how people behaved in public spaces, watching entertainment like coliseums or whatever. This is or beheadings. The, or the, this is the fervent, yeah, this is the fervent atmosphere that was there. Do you think that's part of the reason why football is so popular? Because this is something that it's kind of doesn't like exist elsewhere, kind of where like this passion and this like this utter dedication to your team or nation when they play, mm. and it's not just that. It's like there are people who have literally not missed a football match for their team. That doesn't exist anywhere else, and this that kind of like passion. But would it be one where people are following the same set of entertainment? Would it be as accessible? Ba- people could like who like love bands. bands. People go, you know, but like then, even at concerts, you know, you do get people being violent. But is yeah, that... cool, they mosh pits. Yeah. yeah, but is that speaking about? Like the concert thing so do you think there should be no mosh pits at concerts then because no, that's no, violent no, no surely there are obviously there are times where mosh pits go, go wrong and like mm. i'm not a big but like i don't know that there's that like i've seen mosh pits and when someone's falling down like there's, there's there's a general consensus like people would actually be yeah, like hang on guys no, but like, whereas like there's it's, people but who, it's, but it's the, it's the, it's the, the whole idea of the mosh pit because okay. like, concept of a mosh like you showing your passion for the music or your enjoyment for the music why do you need to jump around why can't you just stand and listen to the music same way when you're watching it? football why like you were saying but why you do people like, have to jump up and scream but if like i don't know if someone forgot a lyric on the stage or something or like something happened in the concert you wouldn't start being like there would be boots, you're obviously. Idiot. Yeah, like, there, there would be there wouldn't You've, be we've seen crowd descent uh, uh, gigs all the time what, what happened to rams but he's a shit singer alive. <laughs> okay, well, okay, there we go. Fine. So, yeah, so Fine. He, uh, my you team's not playing well, so I can voice my frustration. If you, were, if you were saying this on podcast now, if you were there in real life, I'd what would you have said? There we go. Okay, right. but, okay. <laughs> on the other, like I hear that part, but also, so in a concert, yeah, you're moshing in the concert. You don't then leave the venue and start beating up other people. That are like yeah. I, also, I don't think you go you to don't. a music venue and, and like expect at some point I'm gonna feel really angry. It depends yeah. on the music. It depends on who you're seeing. It depends on the music. If I go to a I Tyler don't... the Creator concert, I will expect there to be a mosh in a fight. But then it's not anger. It's not. It's, it's not anger. It's a. It's different. What is it? And I think a lot of like, because um, it's like. Most of it comes from metal and like heavy metal, and there is a misconception about like like the, it's 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 not. Whereas football, it is it, it's like anger. It's, it's it, you know hateful words, racist words. Um, but people come away and it, it, you'll never you don't come away and be like oh like from a concert. Yeah, you like, there's not 50 50 chance like, yeah. of you coming out of a concert going like now now I'm really angry. Like but, I didn't enjoy. But that. I'm yeah. saying I'm saying like okay, so if we're if we're saying just say we say mosh pits are okay in concerts. But then surely we can understand why there's like violence or that kind of passion in football when it's a competitive thing. If there's already some sort of like passion and some sort of like violence or like excitement in mosh pits where it's everyone's neutral, everyone's listening to the same music. That's why it. is everyone jumping around? No, no, no like, I can understand where it comes from. It's just the problem is, is that like you said, in music, it's neutral. In football, the whole point is that it's not neutral. Yeah. You've all got come together for music to all watch the person yeah. together. You're not like, and unless you're like a battle of the bands, like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but the the initial kind of violence and uh, passion that comes to football fans starts with your own fans. Like that 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 atmosphere build, builds up on your side of things. It spills over obviously when you encounter and football hooliganism in the eighties was so bad because of the way that stadiums were laid out. You yeah. didn't really have like home away sections. Course, Fa- yeah, crowds yeah. were all mixed together, so skirmishes are way more common. They've altered stadiums and to, to redress that problem. And football hooliganism now is far less of a problem. Still well, a big we problem. Well, we say that, yeah, but, exactly. But then the results from a few nights ago 
say very differently. And the fact that, like, it is anger because I get the all the physical violence. The problem is that it spilled onto people posting on on social media these horrible words. Like that's that that's beyond uh, a trigger happy sort of like punching someone or like knocking into someone. Someone going taking their phone out, unlocking it, going onto Twitter and putting on something racist is there's thought, there's menace, and that wouldn't happen after a concert. I, but I feel like people would do that anyway, though. Regard regardless of like, okay, fair enough. If England won, maybe it wouldn't be as bad. Let's just say, but. I feel like oh, I don't know. It's it's kind of difficult. Mm. It's very like, difficult. I think I've, I've looked into some reason as to why football has this particular problem, and I think a lot of it is the validation that certain acts of aggression that masculinity gives. So in tennis, the culture there says that shouting, screaming is not accepted. Yeah, it's not condoned. It's not uh, valued as a valid form of expressing your behaviour. Whereas in football, it is. It- is that not a terrifying it- thought that everyone that's walking in our society, you don't know what they're like when they're expressing their emotions in that way? Because in a way, you know, we see the football come around and all these men are turning around saying, this is the one time of the year I can like truly express myself. Is that not really worrying oh, to go our to society? Therapy, go to therapy, go to punch, go. go get a punch. Like, Literally. you know, like Colts and like, you know, um, what's that series that we watch? Uh, Wild, 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 Wild Country. Country. You know, like that, like, there was like a big part of it was, was like them like getting like shouted and screaming the difference is is like everyone in that room consented to that when you turn up to a football cl- uh, thing you know you're saying like actually you know i went and i'm not a violent person but you didn't know whether or not you were going to be stood next to a violent person yeah. imagine someone swings for you then and you don't simply by buying a ticket or being a fan for surely doesn't mean you consent to being um, yeah yeah 100 yeah, percent. you're going to watch your favorite team play you know, you're not asking, okay, let me just prepare, you know, do a couple press-ups in my room because I might get into a fight tonight. It's the same That's way it's like, should be it's expecting. like a message saying to girls, like, going, well, like, you know, like, men might get drunk at the club tonight. So, like, there's a, there's a chance you could get sexually assaulted. Just, yeah. just prepare. Like, I don't consent to that because I went to a club. Um, same way as, like, surely other football fans. But yet, there is that, like, oh, you know, boys will be boys. This is football. I'm expressed. It's the one time I get to do yeah. it. Have a few like, drinks. Like, that. Drinking yeah, and then having there's make, a slight like, hypocrisy with how, okay. like, you know, how there's a you know typical trope that men would say to women, like, oh, you're so sensitive, you're so emotional. Actually, men, every Saturday, if you go watch football, that emotion does come out. And that, I think, maybe speaks to the rest of kind of masculinity in the way that we can't really, or at least within ourselves, we don't really allow ourselves to be emotional the week and talk about what's going on. And so, mm-hmm. football gives an outlet. I don't think it's a necessarily productive way of doing it, but it certainly is a way that worse a lot of people at least like if i'm crying you know because i'm three times a week because i'm I'm an emotional woman and i'm letting my emotions out like there's not a random risk of me suddenly turning around and punching someone in the face because i saw something on tv i didn't like like whereas like football's used as as an excuse for that i feel like yeah it's almost like a release which is like yeah i think obviously really dangerous naturally the way that men and women typically display anger is different but obviously football takes it to an extreme position and so i think maybe in terms of reforming football how do you think that we could do it it's definitely a societal problem so i guess you could only go through it for like short-term solutions if you're trying to you know reduce this like hooliganism at the stadiums the first thing i would say is probably the alcohol content like the amount of alcohol available but obviously that's going to get massive like resistance and people are going to be like oh you're taking our fun away but like it's like well, if you're going to go harm other people when you get home or on the tube or on the train, like maybe that is something that should be considered. And aside from that, maybe just get loads of men into therapy. 
I think that would be greatly helpful for mm, everyone. Yeah. The football orders should be lifetime and football bans should be lifetime. There's super, yeah. like absolute no tolerance. I like, think clubs are yeah. kind of do. Are, I think taking yeah. much more no, seriously now. No, but, so football orders obviously from a criminal court, it's yeah, basically a ban from football, like in terms of, and it's like a criminal sanction. Mm-hmm. That sh- that it, sh- it should obviously yeah. To be fair, it makes more sense the FA does it than the criminal justice system because they can afford to do it, but they're not going to because it's, it makes no sense because it's not in their interests to ban fans. No, but clubs ban fans yeah. all the time. Like, they're never like they're never going to be like yeah they are lifetime bans yeah. but it, not to the scale that they are clear, like clearly well, obviously that fan could go to another team another club, obviously fans are so no yes yeah, so attached it to one be, club that it should be a ban from like football in general kind yeah basically as in like watching it in public spaces I think not maybe so like a lot of what we've been talking about has been like yeah if you you it's obviously been mostly based on online racism but if you like any incident of online racism like sparing from football means an automatic lifetime ban from football because I think that's good yeah yeah because like there's yeah. no there's just no excuse it would be quite good deterrent as well I guess the, the, people just be more the violence cautious. one is super super hard like it's not like i don't see the vi- like the violence like you said is more of a systemic like alcohol slash like culture slash men problem um whereas like the racism is like i feel like there's a lot more that can be done like there's just so much more that can be done some of the academic research i went into to look into why this happened looks into uh individuals who find it difficult to obtain a high status through their schooling or work so they rely on physical intimidation to establish success within the firm of football fans and others subsequently view them with greater esteem and increase in honor and authenticity or legitimacy through confrontation resembles an expression of aggressive masculinity Mm, so i aka toxic masculinity yeah essentially Mm. it is so internalizing the need around other men to be like i need to be kind of the most alpha quote-unquote version of myself it's it's the only and football is the only place where you are rewarded for that and yeah it, that's yeah. what allows it to flourish in the way that it has done because if this you was stamped out earlier that you wouldn't have as wide scale of yeah. a problem here now yeah but it's interesting that like um they looked at kind of football hooliganism and it's reporting in the 80s and it went a similar way to how crime was reported so there was a huge like when news networks became more watched a lot of people saw like abductions and child uh, killings and things and this created a heightened sense of the problem and what this r- report showed that actually this increased football hooliganism rather than act as a deterrent because suddenly football fans were on tv like they were emboldened by the fact that their actions could create a huge sway in things so i think to kind of what you were saying like obviously any act of violence especially in a realm where there are children and young people um, should be stamped out as quickly as possible because there shouldn't be room for it in the sport but also this is still a relatively small minority despite how widespread it seemed like it was on social media because the majority of and it, the one thing i found really bizarre was like we were discussing earlier a lot of the um when the fans broke into wembley stadium a lot of the people that were assaulting them were other england fans yeah. it wasn't like security or like no it was other oh, or italian yeah i think it was like a thing of like i've i personally i don't get it but it's i think it, they were like on a i guess they were thinking like oh i've paid so much money for my ticket and now you're breaking in and they're seeing the guards stopping them so probably like you're saying just their inner violence or yeah. inner want to like yeah. release then why because oh, it just shows how corrupt the boys as well then because like clearly uefa 
have enough money to properly staff a stadium. Yeah, and it's yet shocking. they did it. It's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. When, I look, when I looked at a number of people friends so who cool. went there, and like the, the security was so security thin was so for a game cool. of that magnitude. And so the weight and the pressure and the the the, the breaking point that it put, um, you know. And they're very rarely pro police, but like <laughs> the idea that like we had to the amount of you know public spending that would have gone on there when really re, you know really UEFA should have been yeah definitely. behind it. Why why yeah why was I mean UEFA so toothless? Like I'm sure you've seen where England played. I think it was Bulgaria last year or a couple of years ago, and there was lots of racist chanting quite openly in the stadium. UEFA gave them like so this is the Bulgarian Football Association like a £500,000 fine. It's like footballers will get fined more for sponsorship violations. Nicholas Bentner got fined for wearing like a Paddy Power (laughs) pair of boxers because that broke sponsorship rules. Uh, Yet football fans in countries and nations Get some, get some people's like weekly salary. Yeah. Do you know what happened to that um, player that um, I think he assaulted one of the Rangers players, right? Um, I can't remember. I, I don't think he. I think he only got like a couple match ban. If I'm mm. not wrong, I don't think it was anything serious. What did he do? I'm pretty sure. Or I th- apparently he like said some racial slurs, or I don't know exactly what to this one Celtic player or Rangers even. Sorry, and like I think the football association or whoever. Um, I think they only handed him like a couple match ban. Yeah. And it's just was like, it no, it was just like a racial. It was just ra- he just seen, racial. Yeah, views. we've seen how yeah. like football clubs and the FA are so reluctant to stamp out racism properly. We've seen, so I mean, the, one of the most, the two of the most high-profile ones in our kind of lifetime. It was with John Terry and Anton Ferdinand, who recently released a documentary about his experience. Just for anyone who doesn't know what happened, um, there was a football match between Chelsea and Queen Park Rangers. Terry playing for Chelsea and um, Anton Ferdinand uh, accused John Terry of using a racial slur whilst they're on the pitch. Um, the case went to court, John Terry lost his captaincy, but a lot of people supported John Terry. Um, the overall kind of consensus was that he, you know, he was a good person, Ashley Cole. Uh, went in, you know, stood and uh, defended him. Um, was there an, sorry, just so I was there an overall consensus that he had had he agreed to say? Yeah. He agreed to say, but he oh. ag- he agreed to. He should, shouldn't be allowed to play football again. Again, so this is the defense. Wait, did he, he admit to saying it? So the defense he raised was he asked Anton Ferran, "Wait, mate, did you think I called you a da da da?" And but he still said it. And actually, Cole, I think correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone corroborated that in part of the the case. The other, I think, the more uh, egregious case. I'm not saying that was not bad, but the one that really, I think, showed how how non-seriously that football clubs take racism was with Luis Suarez and Patrice Evra, mm. where not only did he not get punished for what we would, most people consider a fair amount, Liverpool players were in support of him, wearing T-shirts saying, you know, back Suarez. Uh, Jamie Carragher came out recently saying he was quite ashamed and wanted to apologise for that because. When they, even if they wanted to back their teammate, it showed that they were doing it more than they would take an accusation of racism seriously. Yeah. So football has a problem, yeah. and we've now seen with uh, three of the England footballers who took penalties and missed that the extent of the abuse they've been getting so far. We've seen um, the mural of Marcus Rashford being mm. defaced in Withington. Mm. How do we solve the problem of racial abuse online? Well, I think. To brand racism, you, I know you said like football has a problem with racism, but I don't think it's football. I think it's just generally our society, and football is a massive like, well, it's a microcosm of that. 
and I don't think you know obviously symbolic gestures like taking the knee are necessary for people to like kind of I don't know I don't know I don't even know whether that is helpful well, just the majority context, of fans um, the, are... the football players so um, who decided before the tournament and throughout the league season to take the knee have said they are doing it to stand for racial equality and to uh, make a physical statement against racism. There have been some who have, for example, our most senior government officials, Boris Johnson and Priti Patel, who say who have kind of linked some kind of political umbrella over it and have therefore not condemned people when they wanted to boo the knee. But the players themselves have made it quite clear. And I think if the players are saying, well, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing it for, you should listen to them rather than to, to try read a motive into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure I quite, I, I, I get your point, like, obviously it is like a wider, wider societal thing, but given the impact and like how, you know, much weight it plays in so many leading people's lives, it is a nice, it is a really good place to start. Because mm. um, otherwise, you know, we could apply that saying like, well, you know, like, okay, Apple is only one com- company, so should they really do anything? Like football's so huge. Yeah, like, so it, much, it's such a big platform to change and it's, as well. It's so, right? It is so much more backwards, I think, than so many other industries or forms of inter- entertainment but i was just really really quickly thinking like i find it so mad like there will be so many like guys who will be like oh how do you watch like love island or like reality tv like that stuff crutch your brain and yet like we've like you know discussed like the many instances of like racism and like mm. like and how it's like just you know not dealt with at all by football but like it's yeah I mean, personally, I don't think that football has any more of a problem. I think it has a more overt problem. I think racism pervades everywhere in society. It's, it's, it's celebrating just a bit, it's just, it's football. Just... It's kind of under the guise of, well, I don't like the opposition. But it's like, you are you don't like the opposition because of a racial undertone here. You're not mm, shouting not, this. Not necessarily. No, but you're not the same way that, okay, let's say, I don't know a current football player. Give me a current football player. Any current football player. Okay, let's say Mason Mount. You don't see Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Um, yeah, you don't see people using like what language do people use when what's the word? What is the word when you when you like abuse? I don't think cuss someone out because it's not nice. Um, abuse someone. You when you that. abuse someone, the language people use for Mason Mountain is very different. Well, of course, it. because mm. he's a white footballer. But exactly. No, no, I don't think we're under any illusions that black footballers or even in even in, <laughs> even in society, if you look at Twitter, the people that typically get more abused are women and ethnic minorities. I mean, uh, Dawn Butler, who's a Labour MP, routinely shows how much racist abuse she gets. And that's because of the intersectionality with what who she is online. Mm. And therefore, like any black footballer, you're going to get more abuse. I'm not saying this is justified at all, but more than a white footballer would do. So in terms of why I think it is so more systemic, I guess, in uh, football than any other sport, <laughs> which is actually horrendous when you think about it, there are more non-white players in football than any yeah. other sport. Like, actually, the accessibility of football mm. has been its downfall. I agree with that. I think if you look at yeah, the proportion of ethnic minorities who play, not just in the Premier League at large, but of those being English, and mm. I think that's what it comes down to. I think a lot of the racist sentiment that comes with football is a backlash against their team and what they consider to be an England team. I yeah. think whilst there's even a kind of a wider... Ex- I was talking um, recently about how like 10 years ago, if you'd watched commentary on football players, they would make a very clear distinction between homegrown English players and black British footballers. Yeah. Whereas now, I think part of the activism that people like Raheem Sterling have done and to highlight the way they've been mistreated mm-hmm. has essentially meant now, like, no one would bat an eyelid if you went Raheem Sterling's English. Yeah. yeah. 
which is yeah. a huge thing to it's, go yeah, forward with. But to some people, and I don't know how many people in this country, that represents a threat to their own existence because they think, well, he's not English because I'm English because this mm. is what being English mm. means, and that's a that's a preconception of of their own identity that they see is you know one of the most um kind of racist things that like people like katie hopkins talks about is there's a, there's a big erasure of white people in society that like in 2050 the white people, white people will be a major a minority in this no, country I thought, I thought you said i thought you were gonna go say like oh white people are gonna become extinct or something no 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 but that's the that's, that's the that's hopkins. the uh, the myth that a lot of people believe in yeah um and they they use that as a justification to mobilize as people so do you think that's a reason like that the identity clash i would say quote unquote is why there's probably more of a overt push of racism against black players in football rather than any other sport yeah obviously it's, it's hard to, uh, i guess it's impossible to be racist against is the, english, is, the, is the english cricket team all white uh no, no. Let's restart that. How many black players are there on the English cricket team? Maybe two. It's two or three, maybe, yeah. Maybe two or three. Mm, okay. There are any instances. But obviously, England cricket team is racist. Oh, yeah. off. But, but there actually is recently. Mm. I mean, Ollie Robinson was an uh, England player recently who uh, had historic tweets um, oh, yeah. that were racist against the um, Muslim and black players. Um, and one of the questions that came out of that was how has this been allowed to. Uh, how has he been allowed to get into this position with no filtering of any, yeah. anything in his personal life? So ultimately, every sport has an issue. There's no sport that doesn't have an issue with racism or, or certain people from certain ethnicities having a chance to progress through. Even in this country, like there are so many South Asian people that play, play football. Like if you look at the north of England, the, the most popular sport for like Pakistani kids is football. Yeah. Yet there's... There, I think no, there was Neil Taylor played for Cardiff a couple of years ago, and Hamza Chowdhury plays for Leicester, and that's it. That's there's no, I mean. there's no South Asians, despite there's a huge number of them who play. So there are huge systemic problems. Mm. Um, but when it comes to social media abuse, yeah, how do we limit it? What, what could social media companies do, or how could they change or evolve to make it harder for anyone with an account to just send a message to someone? I think I don't know. I think you should definitely like or they should definitely try and implement like id verification of some yeah. sort because now this is tricky because mm, i i am so torn about this because i yeah. completely see the merits of it i think a lot of people think well obviously i mean if you if in, in any part of your life if there is no means of accountability yeah. you'll do whatever you want yeah, and there's no there's no repercussions so in that sense if you were able to put your id to an account and that doesn't have to be public to other people but if at least the company knew who you were yeah. then they could much easily send consequences your way yeah that being said we know that social media companies bread and butter is selling our data and our personal information mm. if they then had even more our information would be more valuable i don't think it's that i think it's more like the the usefulness of of an anonymity in sort of like countries like china and and and, and where like anonymity is really really useful in like criticizing the government yeah. yeah um and also like you know there are quite a lot of people who yeah who who, who speak about things and use their anonymity to like talk to about this day about the government so that's really difficult but like isn't a lot of like from my viewing at least of like what i'm seeing on twitter like there's not that many that are bots or an anonymous people who are posting these racist things. I don't exactly. You don't know. I, think, I mean, that's the problem. No, I, that's no, we, I, I feel like a lot of these people, it'll be like, on on Insta especially, like I've seen a lot of like racist remarks, like emojis or whatever. Mm. And it'll be accounts with like 
they'll have like one follower they'll be following 20 people and they'll have no profile picture yeah like that person's clearly got another account and they're just doing this so they don't get caught yeah Yeah. like yeah so like how do you deal with that because you can like i can make countless accounts and just go and like send abuse to marcus rashford just say like so it's how, too easy no it's too easy now like, like if you want to you could write yeah. abuse to anyone in the world like in the space of 10 minutes making an account yeah and it's the anonymity that gives you the protection and kind of like the confidence to do that and i know we had this discussion of like oh what about people that want to expose things like whether it's in their workplace whether it's in their school and like actually have you know meaningful things to say and having an anonymous twitter account whatever would be useful but how many of those instances have we seen i've seen more people with their face to their name saying this is what i've experienced mm. here here and here yeah I, I genuinely don't think I've, apart from like expose you know i mean there was an expose certain grammar account on yeah and it, or like expose certain schools account and stuff like that but other things are people's personal experience with racism sexism all of this like above they've done it with their name to their face I and think, i think there are ways I think around it's, it like it's i think so you're right advanced. in terms of in terms of especially like with me too although there were some obviously anonymous accounts of how that uh, how that message spread a lot of it was women being comfortable enough to t- talk about their personal experiences and put their name to it you know which yeah. is quite a difficult thing to do but things like for example the the treatment of the Uyghur Muslims by China, a lot of that was Sense anonymous out. accounts who managed to kind of raise enough alarm for yeah. their actual investigation mm. to take place. So yeah. your point is that if you didn't have an anonymity online, that could never happen. That information would not be because that would just be suppressed very quickly. In the UK, with the online harms bill proposed and the government is hoping to give Ofcom license, essentially have a duty of care to manage and to report and to have sanctions to people for abuse online. If the government is close to that, there's nothing There's no. There's nothing to say that they can't overreach and maybe influence people's private lives and punish you in a way that might be disproportionate. I think anyone with a verified or verification tick should be given automatically by Twitter, Instagram, very face no one cares about facebook yeah it's dead um but like should be automatically be given like somebody to basically who is imp- now your employee who goes through your account and yeah. like ensures that like any hateful messages yeah. are got rid of i think that's more important because like the, the amount of instances we, we have of celebrities getting abused online mm. is probably greater than your average individual that's you know getting a you look horrible in that picture kind of comment which yeah. obviously is bad but i think that's Bleed's another problem bad. that we need to tackle like in the future you know we're looking at right now what is possible right now these celebrities that people look at their comments get influenced by the kind of language that's been used in those in those comments hold a huge amount of weight so if you can like tackle that first then it creates an environment where social media you know as a whole or more to more than it is now is a safer space for people so maybe that anonymity of course it's really helpful in countries that you know you can't speak as freely but let's take the uk for example would mean that people would have a safer space on social media yeah but if the if you weren't seeing the hate if like every person for example who was verified wasn't getting any hate to you then to like why it would be very odd then to continue to put hate onto people who are less well known i don't have a verification or do you know what I mean like or like obviously obviously like punishing people who um do these is is useful 
but protecting the individuals is surely more imp- like protecting people who are getting the hate is yeah, surely no, more I yeah, agree, yeah yeah i agree so like but everyone should just have like get like someone who basically their job yeah is to go through that person's social uh meet like their the instagram account and ensure there's no abuse it gets rid of it yeah yeah or they have a team like, of people but but that is i think that's quite unfeasible in terms of the based on the sheer size of how many accounts there are I mean, there are about 2.3 billion people on Facebook. But what it will mean... How big are the Facebook teams? Are. What it will mean is Instagram will have to hire more people who already do it because they'll go, well, hang on a sec, actually, it's more profitable for us to do it just, like, in-house. Mm. So it, it's, it's an incentive for Instagram to kind of, and, or whoever, to get their act together mm. to, you know, be able to report things properly. At the moment, they haven't got enough people doing that. They're also both like Instagram and Facebook are huge companies with the potential to yeah. employ more people. It's not like you know they're going to be short of applications or whatever. But is, is it really in their interest? Like, well, it it is when situations like this occur. Like we are but calling people, on. It, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it should be, it should that, be mandated again. We will continue to use Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat regardless. Like we're we're they're saying this the now. Right in the now, same way that we know about the uh, various violations of Amazon. No if one's going to stop using it. If a pub or Wembley or any of these places have to have security, why do Instagram as a private company not have to? Why, why is cybersecurity viewed you know, less I think, as why, physical security? I think why this is happening is because social media companies for a long time, I think I talked to you about this, have very conveniently stayed away from their responsibility in the sense that when Facebook and all these platforms first came out, they were essentially, well, they are platforms, like a telephone line. A telephone company would allow you to call someone, but they will not filter anything. That go- they'll we'll, we'll say, well, we're the pipes. Whatever goes in there, that's up to you. We take no responsibility for it. Now, because of the pressure and some of the abuse that's been brought to light, they've had to intervene. Like, politically speaking, they've had to intervene. Mm. And now they've started to moderate content. So now they've become a publisher, like a website yeah. or, or a forum, where they are now taking ownership for what bit gets posted on their site. But they're still a private company they're so public because everyone uses them and they're used for business and commerce and fashion and everything else they're essentially like a a public site but we have security in public spaces yeah so but the, the security is performed by the government or, or someone who's sponsored no, that it's a pub no, a, 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 a private pub is, 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 so that's a private the pub have to organize that so but i'm saying same it's, with it same so way. Like companies have abdicated you that responsibility so you with have hotels, there's you, security at hotels. Yeah, but they pay they for their put, security. Yeah, exactly. You have to go. You have go. To, like, it's, it's private in the sense, like, it's owned by somebody else, but so is Instagram. But Instagram is not like a pub. Instagram is like Trafalgar Square. Okay, but... Is so, it? Or is it like... A, I'd, I'd say it's more like Wembley. It's still a massive... No, it's a because, massive private... Because even to... I mean, I know there were people that broke into Wembley, so it slightly breaks my analogy. But Wembley is... is you have to be ticketed to get in. Whereas Instagram and social media, is anyone can go there. Anyone can sign you up. You have to have an account. Yeah, but you have to have an account. Yeah, but anyone can, can, anyone make, an can make an account. I can make an account now and say I'm like I can make five accounts in the next That's 10 minutes. That's the point then. Is that not even more incentive that you'd want I guess, to like so, yeah, some limiting kind of the account. Okay, but then... Yeah, you'd limit the amount of accounts. You'd know exactly how many rough accounts that you could have for like personal accounts. I know we spoke about like, you know, for Business like Instagram stuff, yeah. education pages and like infographics and stuff. You could maybe have a separate like area of opening account for that Mm -hmm. for that purpose or if you had something that's like instagram safe space where you have anonymous messages of people going through problems and you could like get through it that way there are ways around it so you feel like there should be a limit of how many accounts you should have yeah but then Mm. you could easily get around that just make another email you can make another five accounts 
But no, it's like, linked to an ID, like some sort of veri- verification. So you can make as many emails, but if your emails don't match your so whatever no, but, verification what, I thought, you I thought have. We were, uh, uh, just by the conversation, I thought we were saying like, okay, we can't, we can't do necessarily that. like have ID. Have ID yeah. Because... So, as an example, I don't know whether this is necessarily similar, but so voter ID laws in America are hugely controversial because a lot of people don't have access to identification based on the the area they live in, based on their socioeconomic status. A lot of people in America have never left America, don't have passports, that kind of thing. So, would it just be something that in this country it would just mean that more white people can have social media accounts? No, I don't think it's that. I think it's more the sense of the usefulness of anonymity. Is that of, your main, uh, that is the main uh, thing. reason why you think ID verification is, is a bit of an issue? Yeah, just because obviously I've, it's not, it, it doesn't apply as oft, as much in this, in this country in terms of like corrupt government and being able to be the voice of dissent. But like, for some like, you know, secret barrister, mm. they've called out so much, mm. they would never have been able to have that platform had they had to be. Yeah. But I think the balance now is, is the need to have marginalised potentially oppressed voices be able to highlight injustice is that more it or is that more significant than being able to shut down the level of abuse online what's what is what should be prioritized i think that's the biggest problem here isn't it like they're not there must like i don't i just don't know tech, technology well enough but there must be a way of doing but like it surely isn't a binary just like to- <laughs> no it can't be it's not i'm sure it's not just these two but and even like we know that social media companies have the capability to shut certain content down if you post a copyright song or a video yeah. it, it goes like away. this and yeah. you get copyright striked you get there are serious Any punishments to what you gone. do yeah. um I know YouTube have had really big problems with um, child safety and now like they take it so seriously with yeah. um yeah. striking and banning accounts permanently so they have the means and the technology to do so. It's, I think it's... It is different it's, with it's that. It's actually, like, it, ridiculous. Sorry, just thinking about it, because there's, like, so many, like, music... Like, people who react to, like, music videos, and, like, their videos will get taken down because of, like, they're literally just reacting Four to seconds it. of song. Yeah, the they issue play, is, they're gone. is that it takes... All it takes is one, like, someone, like, saying, well, actually, my freedom of speech has been curbed because I was using the, mon- uh, the you know, a monkey emoji as and a completely... Like, a, like, yeah, yeah, like, or, like, you know, I or somebody... Uh, it's the same way as the nudity thing, to be fair, is that, like, having this blanket, like, you know, there are lots of tasteful boob pics, um, <laughs> but if you're banning, banning all, like, you know, nudity, or, yeah. like, if someone, you know, if a black person put a song lyric that had the n-word in it that could get flagged up that could get flagged up and then it's it's that's why it has to be only done like the only way it could be done would be individual people going yeah with music it's just an algorithm you hear this song in a video you cut it yeah i feel i feel like individually like individually monitoring someone's account it's just as impossible. bad. But I feel like that's yeah. impossible because there's so yeah, many yeah, accounts yeah. and like... Yeah. And it's Twitter like had an experiment as well. Like, like they... Content, what was it? Content... Moderators. Moderators. In Facebook, like, and, using their Manila. And if they, do, if they do it, like, via, like, just say AI or just, like, through, like, computers, I feel like it's so easy to get around. Like, you could just change the spelling of words and people will still know what you're saying. So I feel like a solution's yeah. still so far away. Twitter had a problem where they tried to reduce or um, clamp down on uh, like violent language. And so they tried to like look at words like kill or I'm gonna kill you later or die. Mm. And what just happened is loads of kids who are playing COD and were talking about their lobby just had their yeah. accounts banned. 
So you're right, this is a, a very, even though it's very clear to identify what is clearly racial abuse, from a tech perspective, it is context dependent. And so, but I think you make a good point in the sense that these companies are the richest companies that have ever existed yeah. on earth, ever. Uh, yeah, I guess the only way it's having, yeah, the only way it can be done is by having a sort of like a task force. That's not public, like, but it yeah. can't be public. It's, it's like, but even the task that's what they're like, planning to. So Ofcom is planning to. Well, under the government's uh, proposals, Ofcom is going to be the organisation that will regulate this. But I mean, Ofcom is pretty toothless. All they get is like complaints from Piers Morgan and Good Morning Britain. Yeah. Like, but that's like, what they deal with. Like, give them, you know, give them the power of like, have it as a, you know, as a, as a, again. I don't know why I'm suddenly so pro-police today. Uh, it's very weird. Uh, but, you know, give them the, the power of a of an investigator to, you know... Because at the moment, like, the best the best option is to try and, like, as individuals, just hunting that person down. Yeah, and, and to know. report those comments and make, make, uh, make uh, it clear, you know, what is not acceptable and what's yeah. not tolerated. And I think same as the online harms paper, but also Twitter's policy is... They have the hardest thing to define online is what harm is because there's clear harm. There's clear harm that is like inciting violence or racist abuse, and that is easy identifiable and dealt with. But there's so much of it that's just grey. And I think because of that, they have social media companies have lent on that and gone, well, we can't even police that. It's not really our responsibility. The only really way is education. Yeah, it all comes back. But, to education, but, uh, back. education, I think. Yeah, you're right. Education and exposure is kind of the overarching long-term strategy. But what can you do now? As if you're if you're online and you see abuse, what can you do? You can you can like report it, but I feel like it's. Yeah, I feel like that doesn't really go that far though. Yeah, because someone will just get their account suspended and, like you said, yeah. find another email, make a new account, and start giving the same abuse. Nah, and like an example is like it's like you're saying like Call of Duty lobbies are so like toxic and they're so racist like like I could be playing on Monday and see someone's username and it could be something so racist and like I know for a fact I'll play two days later and it'll be the same guy just still on and even though I've, even though I've reported him mm. yeah. nothing's gonna happen because so many people are probably getting reported like checking it really prob- not isn't worth their time but it's probably just like it's very just a formality to have it on the game like being like okay report this person but whether anything really happens is probably it's pretty minor compared to actually like what they've done so i think that's the worst thing is you see something online that is so egregious and yet you know that the punishment even if you take it to you know great lengths to report this person find out who they are write to the uh, social media company you know that ultimately they're not going to get anything and by that time you've already wasted energy and They've already made another account. Yeah, like, they're already they've already slipped so. through the net. So, which is why the whole reporting thing is helpful because it somehow puts justice a bit more into your hands. But after you really, report someone, how do you know like what so like the report, next steps though? There's reporting reports. Uh, I know that Twitter or Instagram. Well, I think, I think Twitter. Twitter do. Where basically, if you if you do a report, it tells you the outcome. You get told the outcome of of the report. Which is quite good, actually. Yeah, that's that's quite good. I feel yeah. like all social media should probably have that. Yeah. I feel like with the verification thing, obviously it will still have the same flaws with the like in terms of positives of being like anonymous. But like, I feel like maybe like verified accounts should have more like functionality. Yeah, like yeah. maybe their comments will be at the top or something like that, or they can comment and like if you're not verified, you can't comment. Or yeah, maybe like if you're verified, your comments will be at the bottom 
or you have priority of like the comments will show up. That's good, yeah, actually. Stuff because, like that. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's like free like versus waiting. subscription. Like you have limited service when you're just signing up a free account. Yeah. Uh, and but then I guess on Twitter, like a free account would still be able to tweet, presumably, yeah. and then that still gives you the chance to. But again, by that, it's a good idea because at least then it would be hidden under the sea of. But then, but then, what about like issues where like people have to be anonymous and like maybe their issues won't get out because well that's why i'm saying instagram you know has enough technology to create like a separate function within instagram that's kind of tailored towards exposing things or shedding light on issues and there are there are ways that you can kind of bring that into instagram i mean we started off with just a photo sharing app that you'd have 20 followers on and post random shit on and now we've got an area where it's so full of like education and kind of debunking myths and you know raising awareness for stuff <laughs> what myths do you want to debunk elements <laughs> <laughs> um so like there is ways that like instagram can grow and it can yeah. expand from where it is it's just whether people can be asked to like actually start that but, process but what would that be though like how because i i genuinely think like getting humans to do that is yeah, yeah impossible i don't agree yeah and like unless you're suggesting like artificial intelligence well yeah, at that point it's just coding. like crazy though. like there's like i'm sorry we have driverless cars and we don't even have like that's mad actually the, <laughs> like who is it richard branson is now in space right now and yeah. we can't get instagram to include another function within that app like it is, it's, 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 it's such a human it's that's saying like saying like oh like why don't we have like courts that are done through ai because yeah like these things depend on humans like like takes and like sort of putting weight on them and those things we need the human brain and ai might get to that place in all honesty it looks like by the way that um program is is becoming very intuitive we could probably reach a place where that can happen but the problem with ai is you need huge amounts of data sets and Although there's a lot of people online, there's also lots of different kinds of abuse and lots of different kinds of manifestation of what constitutes as harm. So then that is the nuance. If we can't even decide on some things, oh, is that like harm or is that like, is that on the right line? Then how the hell is a computer going to do it? Yeah, especially like AI is programmed almost like entirely by white people anyway. So like Mm, there is, yeah, that like bias. Yeah. One question I've got is in terms of how to safeguard ourselves now before any kind of sweeping changes come in. Do you think we should sacrifice engagement for safety online? And what I mean by this is, for example, Instagram now has a feature, um, quite belated, but it does now, of uh, blocking comments entirely and blocking direct messages from people that you don't know. Presumably, if you're within a circle of people and friends that you obviously trust and know uh, won't abuse you, you can enjoy social media without being abused. You could very much go mm. through your entire online presence with the right privacy settings, um, with the right utilities of the what the app or platform provides, and pretty much not be abused. But that would mean sacrificing the chance of having people who don't know you and having, especially if you're a content creator or you're running a business, or someone like a footballer who has a huge following online, you sacrifice that. Do you think that's something that you would choose to do? As me personally, doesn't really make a difference. The problem why with that is people like Liberty Hangout who don't have any comments on their videos. Is that you're present if you are using your platform to present hate, you now don't have anyone able to criticize you for it unless they like make screen their it own, and like, shot. Yeah, but like but... if you're someone who wants like to see both sides 
you're not gonna you're not you're, you're presented with this or so, you know people like if it's not hate if it's lies for example or if it's like you know um like disinformation yeah, mis- yeah. yeah misinformation the of their comments, yeah. if all you're seeing is that it's you have to like for you to go out and like obviously there is that duty to go out and research and you know check what you're looking at is true it's a lot harder if there's no one in you know the comments and a lot harder if you're young because you're i mean it's impressionable as it is to see certain types of content online like thinspo and you know self-harming pages and things but if there isn't any backlash or criticism of some content and you can actually look at a comment page and go oh actually people don't agree with this or look at the like and dislikes and go okay people don't actually agree with what's going on here then it's much easier for you to fall and become prey to this kind of stuff yeah even like recently actually i saw um on one of the uk like meme pages there was this video from after the football match where there were like a few um, Italian fans like swinging for the England fans and it was until I read one of the comments that said well this isn't even the full video it's been edited to look like the Italian swung first here's the link to the actual video where you know people were throwing bottles from the English side and that caused the retaliation so I think even in situations like that where you see half of the truth of a video can be equally as harmful because you you look at that you base your opinion you make assumptions and that fuels further opinions down the line even when it's like obvious so many people are sharing videos using like of like the pre or the in the middle of the match or the sort of like either before it being like look at all this like violence like after the match and it's like it was broad daylight like i thought it was the day yeah. like yeah it was like yeah all of these were like in the middle of the day and people captioning them like oh yeah like this is from after the match like how can it be yeah, yeah i think yeah. there's something about I don't know, did someone get thrown into the Thames? Or was yeah, yeah. There, was a, there was a but, black lad that got thrown into the but Thames. But apparently that video was from like, not even like on the day, it was from this, like three weeks ago. This is also the problem, like that. is that, like, um, and this is one thing maybe ago. why yeah. um, ID online could be a potentially good thing for social media is that you can't, if, every, if, if any information can be propagated by someone who's anonymous, then you have no, any way of checking whether that's true or not. Actually, maybe if people did have verified accounts, mm. then you could at least a take pride that people are putting their kind of their names and reputations on the line for what they're saying. But mm. also, if someone is either spreading misinformation or disinformation, then they can be punished appropriately if yeah. it can be seen to be harmful. Yeah, and I think even I know this is very far from football and hate crime and all of that stuff, but even for people that like anonymously release nudes. And that obviously has a effect on people's lives like that would at least deter that because there is an accountability you know police can get involved and be like well mate it's tracked to your account like you're the one that released it you now have have to face the consequences of that which obvi- i know there are obviously huge cons of the whole verification thing but in terms of actually like people's you know safety online predators you know people that are like preying on kids like but at least you what have... are the people who haven't like got id but have got an instagram account yeah, what if you're younger i, I mean i, I know you could you could circumvent that and say like you're under 18 your parents could give id so then they would sign up for you yeah um that's why i feel like i don't know maybe the features thing is probably like maybe the closest you can get to like making it i yeah. guess fair there is no incentive to change because you're never gonna change. You're not gonna. You're never gonna leave Facebook, or Instagram, or Twitter. Yeah, that's they're, right. You're. Uh, they're always going to be providing a service that you enjoy. So do they need to change? But yes. they can adapt. No, I, I know, you know they need to change. But they I, don't need to. From change. their perspective, 
would they why would they change why have instagram introduced reels you know yeah because tiktok you know has started to get big and the whole like 10 second video whatever like there is space for instagram to keep adding new features and keep changing with the times and maybe this is the change in the times that we need yeah because it's definitely i don't know i don't think i use any social media enough to like maybe this isn't a qualified comment but the like hate and things i see a lot more on like face like like the kind of like i don't know you imagine like your mum on facebook like posting like something brexity yeah or like okay i mean right wingy (laughs) (laughs) god whereas like on i don't know and again maybe it's just like my algorithm but like tiktok like it's like nothing i just i don't have that much like political stuff on my tiktok it's more i think just like mean comments that are passed off as a joke which can obviously be equally as harmful for but that's young how kids facebook reading started. it but facebook's yeah. like, like everything they, like whereas no one uses so there's clearly i don't i don't again i just don't know enough like there's clearly like people somehow because a lot of tiktok a lot of tiktok seems to look a lot lighter than a bigger yeah, that might be my algorithm also, yeah it depends on what area of tiktok you're on the last few days I've been on like football TikTok and oh, even really? that is pretty grim in terms of like the comments and people really? being like, you know, there'll be a bunch of people, you know, videoing themselves at the England match. They're of all different races and you'll get people, you know, the, they call it like um, EDL talk will jump really? on. Yeah, really? Yeah, and jump on and say like, oh, why are you even here? Like, you should go home. Da, 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 da. Like, you don't even, God. you're not even from England. That kind of so comment. So it really does depend on what, area of tiktok you're on i'm sure there are areas that the, the hate gets pretty bad i feel like wait so are we saying that's different with social media like all different types of social media i think yeah. i put a naive comment out like again on my twi- twitter i i have to look or it has to be someone who shared it and mean like this is disgusting for me to see hate i don't see whereas on like facebook i see a bit more like without being like whoa why has that come up on my like feet whereas like twitter and tiktok i don't see any of it unless someone else is like yeah saying which I'm makes outraged. it a harder problem to solve doesn't it because yeah. if it, we're not all seeing the same thing so for some people yeah. who are talking about an issue like oh this is quite prevalent on our site other people might have gone their entire online lives being like i haven't seen any of that really. yeah so i, I think, know what you're talking about yeah which is so mad that being said though when the whole like football aftermath happened all the newspapers were reporting about the racism that um, the three penalty takers took. So, and that was pretty quick, you know, 12 hours after everything had happened, there were people on social media being like, this is not okay. Like, so in a way, like people, I don't know, it, it does come to the news quite quickly. Because it was so overt, I think. And I also think instance. because everyone's attention was on the football, maybe that does help. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Yeah, most like social media stuff, it's not the same. I definitely, because I thought like when I w- I'd go on TikTok and Twitter like today or yesterday, I thought I'd see like way more. Whereas I I haven't seen a single thing about the football on TikTok, mm. but maybe that's my alg- like what well, must be my algorithm. And yeah. t- doesn't TikTok have like a very very good algorithm? Like it's one yeah, of the yeah, best yeah. algorithms on social yeah. media. I mean I like one content that video, you want. like one video, and then it was like streams and streams of mm. like football videos. Of debunking after. myths. Of debunking myths. Yeah. It's like they'll show you certain videos at certain times, and then when you're on that at a certain time again it'll show you the same type of videos which is so scary yeah Mad. or like stuff like, that i always find like stuff i've like spoken about like out loud the next day i'll be on yeah. tiktok and be like oh wait oh, why, like, why are you showing me this yeah. Yeah. but then if yeah and like if you if you get loads of remnants of it and then you like skip through them you then don't get them again for like a, it's so mad yeah. like, 
the tips of TikTok for me. Yeah, and it's, it's so quick, like you could literally swipe past five and not see them again. You watch one for like 10 seconds and then their same person's video, next video will come up. Like, yeah. Two minutes later. Yeah. So, Maybe yeah. TikTok and Instagram should have a little, uh, you know, collab. A rap battle. Use their, you know, data knowledge and work for a force of good. But the, yeah. I still think it's just so much data to handle. Like there's probably like thousands of accounts being made every second. And like, it's like, how, how are you going to, um, what's the word? Like, how are you going to monitor like everyone's account? If there's thousands being made. Like, when this problem second? came up, they called good. it taming the wild west because it is such a vast problem with other internal affair problems, like streamlining or rooting out like workplace culture. There were relative handbooks on how to do it. Whereas there is no playbook on how to limit the abuse of literally hundreds of millions of accounts simultaneously mm. happening in different languages different contexts i mean one football example that just came to mind was edison cavani was charged with fa because he used a racial slur now in uruguay where he's from that's apparently a term of endearment but here in the uk that was obviously deemed and the fa has clear rules about what constitutes abuse now that's also something that social media companies would have to take into account because what might be offensive here or in Uruguay or in Thailand is not the same. So not only would the algorithm have to work out what is abuse, it had to work out abuse based on where the person is from yeah. and who's saying it, like and to yeah. who. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's a massive it's a it's massive issue to try and work because out. Because I could say something to you which someone else could say. Like I could say something to you and just I called you a certain name or whatever as my friend go on <laughs> and then just say i say that on someone else's post and they don't take it they might not okay. take it the same or instagram might if they're during the monitoring process they're not going to say oh he said it to this person in a nice way so surely it would be the, like it would be the same throughout so it's like how do you differentiate between the two yeah. and i was saying it's easy for like really obvious stuff like there's there are clear examples of what is like racist and what uh, what is harm and that can be stamped out it's everything else that is, I think, 95% of what is online. That is, that is, um, that is a cause of concern. Mm. That is what to clamp down on. Mm. I mean, does this go back to like the whole freedom of speech thing and the fact that offence is? Uh, I'm doing a what's what's this called? Uh, quote marks, air quotes. Air quotes. Uh, subjective. It's it's subjective to an extent, but obviously we have laws in this country about uh, being discriminated against based on certain protected characteristics. So it's not entirely subjective. Like we can look at things and go, that is clearly racist. Especially if people online are like, this is something that I find racist. I think that is something that should be taken seriously. It's just from a policy standpoint, with a huge range of what's there, how do you allow certain things? Because I mean, Sajid Javid, who was um, the Home Secretary when the online bills paper was brought forward, mm -hmm. said that we might, what would be most effective would be if social media companies could filter messages before they're sent. Now, that is something that I think that would, that would be the best solution because yeah. it would mean that the racist abuse wouldn't have to be moderated once it's out there, it would be stopped at the source. But that's where the freedom of speech problem comes because you'd have someone deciding what speech is acceptable on my platform. Like, just don't say anything racist then. Uh, oh yeah, ban, like, because TikTok's just, like, like, tic just done that, they just ban all like certain words. Yeah. But then, then but you're right. But people do get then, around yeah. it, they just asterisk and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and TikTok was also uh, shadow banning a lot of Black Lives Matter posts because yeah. of that as well. Yeah. So Even with the yeah. Free Palestine stuff. Like, yeah, that was all not everything. there on TikTok. Uh, uh, Tamil Elam is just not on Instagram anymore, yeah, really. Yeah. So, 
Um, I think they. Sorry, I think they. I don't know if they banned, but I think they like must have shadow banned. I saw a video on TikTok. It's like when you type in like I think it's like Asian woman or something. Like it just doesn't come up, or like nothing comes. Oh no, it's when you do like the voice to text oh, on yeah. TikTok, and it'll do like Asian men, it'll do women, and it'll do Asian. But if you do Asian women, like certain combinations just don't work. Like it won't register for it, and that's so weird because it's the same system. So. It's either like a system bug, which is kind of hard to believe, or it's like the people actually inputting the data of course, being like, yeah. you can't, like, but we're surely not going to allow this. It's, it's easier to like ban it all and then allow and, and then allow stuff than to like have someone having this philosophical discussion about whether or not something is racist. Because realistically, no one is sat here worrying about like those things that we're like, oh, that's kind of dodgy. It's, it's the blatant racism, yeah. it's the blatant haste. We are, I know, okay, that's not true. There, we are obviously worried about microaggressions massively, but like in terms of like the hatred that we're talking about, that we're wanting to ban. But is that not similar to like that heavy handed approach? Uh, would that not be similar to potentially saying, let's just hand out harsher sentences so that deters people no it's not no i don't think it is like we're not saying they could be they're permanently banned we're just saying like right okay like that's flagged up our system you'll now have five days you'll have yeah yeah Yeah, you'll have five days to justify it it. it. yeah or you can like log in like an appeal system yeah you don't think your comment is harmful then take it up with us It's, it's dispersing it's like kind of like being like okay well like I can't if I'm a you know an EDL, EDL supporter. I can't go onto TikTok and and search. I don't know the N word. Yeah. Um. But how am I going to find my like you know friends? My yeah, friends. <laughs> and it, it, it's that. It, surely that's better. Yeah. Like while yeah there are going to be obviously uh, it's still a backlog at some point a bottleneck. It's at least solving a problem that it's not like. I don't know, bringing together, we're at least separating racists. Yeah. And it might be that that one EDL supporter that's like, oh, having to wait four days before it can go back on their like, Instagram, now is like, oh, actually, I can't be no, asked. Like, I can't be asked. Like, I'll, I'll find my friends in the pub and then, you know. Uh, whereas, I, I guess like, the same message could be, <laughs> the same message be could be applied to an activist. Like, it's like, okay, well, you're an activist and you're posting about Black Lives Matter. You might go like, oh, like I wasn't act well. Or, or, or maybe if you're like an activist, but like you know, not, not a strong activist. I don't know. Or like you want to, you want to help. You weren't so committed into it, but you were just kind of there. Yeah, like you know, there's a lot of people who said like, oh, you've got a big enough platform, you could help. Whereas like, if you know that you're gonna have to like do five days of like your account being blocked, you might think, oh, I'm not gonna bother trying to assist like a particular. So I guess yeah, that's that has a problem. What are your final thoughts on football, on the problems within football, um, social media and how we can move forward and create a social media that is not just more inclusive, but is a bit more pa- uh, a bit more compassionate? Follow me. No, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Don't all rush at once. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I don't know how to. I, I don't know how to solve the problem. I, I all I know is that like, edu- like the only thing that can come to me that I can see that like, is there's no negatives about it is is better education on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like at least if children know what they're doing a bit better, then maybe they won't have this problem thirty time years time, and we've just kind of got to put up with it. 
till we die. We have to remember, I think, that a lot of the people who are online, um, they don't, they don't have platforms. They don't have a means to communicate how they feel when they've been abused. So I think listen to what your idols are saying. I think luckily we have people who are speaking out. Footballers ten years ago would never have waded into this territory ever. Yeah. They would have or been like Atted Pretty Patel. No, I mean Tyrone Mings, who I mean, he has an inspirational story. Like he was a mortgage broker, or no, no, not even a mortgage broker, like a mortgage advisor, like five years ago. Now he's playing for England. Yeah, uh, suffered through a lot of adversity, has now used his platform to call out government officials, and not only that, but also show how he feels and I think the most important thing to realize if you are part of the people who are abusing people online or think it's acceptable or funny or for whatever reason look at how the people who are being harmed feel yeah and the fact that they're openly communicating it means that maybe you should listen yeah and I think that goes to I know like a lot of people after this weekend were kind of like shocked as to how oh my god like how could this happen like how could Marcus Rashford's mural be defaced like I thought we'd moved past this clearly we haven't and it's really sad to kind of admit that we are as bad oh I don't I don't, I don't want to say that we're as bad as America but we shouldn't say that we're an innocent country in this and it's stuff like the casual racism the comments the stereotypes the microaggressions that allows this behavior to continue and it's until we kind of address that, like, it's great that Marcus Rashford, you know, he's such a role model to so many people, you know, I'm not a huge fan of role models, but I would consider him one, you know, he's one of the lucky few. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got one. <laughs> uh, people like him are great for, like, putting that path forward, but until we kind of address the low-level things that, like, perpetuate into these big-level, like, violence and aggression and hostility, then, like, how do we even start to move onto social media? Like, we have to fix the in-real-life shit before we can even move mm. to... I think social media is real life, though. I think it's become yeah. real life. In a way, of course, like, it is a reflection of what we're experiencing in real life, but the fact that people can so easily sit on social media, say whatever they want, and then they're also doing that in real life, which is the scary yeah. part, you know? We always knew that trolls existed, that people would say whatever, but to have that on in real life as well is scary, you know? I don't want to walk down the street yeah. and be racially abused. I'm happy if someone puts a comment on my Instagram. I don't give a shit because it's like, it's on Instagram. But in per- like in real life, yeah. it's scary. But we've grown up different. Like we mm. were lucky enough that social media became an additional new thing yeah. that was quite separate to how we lived our lives. Whereas people like even like two or three years younger than us, this is all they've known yeah. in terms of their social and how they enjoy themselves. So this is for a lot of people, real life, and they can't escape it. Call people out. Yeah. Call yeah. out your friends. Call, call out your friends. Call That's out your friends. the biggest one. Call out your friends. Yeah. Like start, start at home and then move outwards. It can be like, and you know, there's there's nothing wrong with admitting. It can be hard to you know call out your friends, but there's a way you can do it. You can do it in a way that's like, come on now. Um, and if you're listening and this is you know making you upset and angry and you're feeling like uncomfortable, yeah, you're. Mm. Uh, that's okay but also like think ask yourself why are you feeling uncomfortable about that because if you're feeling uncomfortable with this like idea that like you know we're calling out a problem and we, like that's not you know recognizing the good in football that that's not what we're saying like i can be anti-football but i also appreciate that it brings a lot of people joy 
but just because it does doesn't mean we should like just leave it at that like we just like accept it's the problems it comes with it's yeah. amazing but it's not perfect basically. no yeah and remember that just because you might be part of the problem it means that actually you're the closest person to be part of the solution yeah, mm. yeah. and i think i know this is what a lot of people are kind of worried about being labeled as a racist in our society but just think like are you actually annoyed with being called a racist or is it more the fact that maybe some of the things that you say or some of the things that you do or some of the things you even think might have slight racial undertones within it and that's a thing that you have to go out and kind of fix for yourself like no one's gonna sit there with a book and educate you you know unless you're in primary school that's just not the case so i think also like if you're annoyed at being called a racist that's actually probably a good thing like yeah. it's it's good that you're annoyed at it because it means you recognise that being a racist is wrong. Thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, but if you're if you start saying things aren't racist, then I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, good. like the people that are more annoyed with being called a racist yeah, yeah, yeah. versus actually being racist. Yeah, you know, it, it's a word. It holds a lot of weight, but within that, there are obviously ways that you can kind of rewire yourself. You know, retrain yourself in how you think about things and you know educate yourself and all of that happy stuff 